Hey, it's episode 16 of the TV Junk Podcast, and this is The Last of Us. My name is Greg. Thanks for checking out the pod. You can follow us on Twitter, TV Junk Podcast, or you can reach out tvjunkpodcast at gmail.com. On the show today, we have what some might call the greatest union in entertainment. Not since (laughs) October 3rd, 1987, Saturday night's main event, and the immortal Hulk Hogan joined forces with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, to form the Mega Powers as a union as majestic ever come together. Yes, you guessed it. TV Junk and Game Junk have joined forces for a special event. We've got Sean, we've got Frank, and making his debut on this podcast, it's Andrew Fellas. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Hey, thanks for having us. Sure. Looking forward to it. I'm sure you're uh, familiar with Saturday Night's main event and the Mega Powers. <laughs> How could you not? Uh, yeah. Maybe. Well, Sean, <laughs> I mean, obviously you're Mean Gene Okerlund. Uh, <laughs> Frank, you're Elizabeth. Um, I'm the Macho Man, and Andrew is obviously Huck Hogan, right? Obviously. Of course. <laughs> Huge. How could you mistake us? I mean, it uh, it makes uh, perfect sense. So, um, a hat and sunglasses on hockey might be Macho Man. (laughs) (laughs) Just need to grow my hair a little longer, you know. (laughs) I could grow mine out and do like the the Hogan horseshoe. Oh, (laughs) Oh, yeah, you could do that mustache, the Fu Man shoe for sure. Sean Sean could do that for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, video games, um. I know nothing uh, about video games after NHL 97 on the Sega Genesis. Um, that was the last game system I owned and the last game that I think I actually ever played regularly. Uh, a pretty important game because it's the only uh, hockey game, I believe, that has Wayne Gretzky on the St. Louis Blues. Really? Yeah. Um, but uh so what better group to talk about a TV show adapted from a video game than than you guys? So someone tell me about this uh the video game The Last of Us. What's your what's your history with the actual game? Frank, you played this? I have played The Last of Us many yeah. times. Uh it's made by my favorite video game developer of all time, Naughty Dog. And I'd say many people would s- would say it's the best video game ever made. I don't oh. know it's a unanimous thing, but it would get a lot of votes. We debated it as part of our best games ever. And I think undoubtedly people would say it's one of the landmark games in terms of storytelling and performance. Uh, and uh, it's kind of changed the games industry. I think it was a uh, uncharted and many other games led up to it, but this seemed to be a turning point for story-driven games and what's demanded of performance and writing, at least going forward. Not that they all live up to The Last of Us, but and in terms of the game, I like the story. I love a lot of things about it, but it's mostly the combat and the economies and crafting that I think make the game great and pace it. So I'm not... A lot of people say they love the story. They cry because of the story. I certainly do not have emotional responses to the story. I think it's very good, but I think it is ultimately a great game. And uh, going into the show, it's 
How do these two things compare? I replayed the the game last week, beginning to end, 100% platinum PS5 version, The Last of Us Part 1. Because when I was watching the show, I was like, people are telling me this is exactly like how it is in the game. I'm like, I don't remember it being exactly like that. So I had to know. I had to know the differences and really... That's the perspective we're bringing. And I think it's good that Greg is bringing the perspective, someone who has no context for the game, because I think it's hard to evaluate the show if you've played the game many, especially many, many times like I have. Andrew, uh, I'm assuming you played the game as well. Yeah, I I haven't played it recently, uh, but I have played it, I think, through twice. And I did actually recently play uh, an expansion pack called left behind i didn't beat it i know sean did but that um expansion episode they call it um was i believe episode seven based around episode seven so there was also some of that in it and um so it brought me right back into the world i was amazed at um you know how good these games are and how good you know they were able to adapt them to put a little spoiler in front of the show but um yeah, so I have lots of experience with the games. There's actually two video games since Greg, you know nothing. There's also a part two, Last of Us. So there is more content that could be tapped uh, for this TV series in the it future. It will be tapped. It will be drained. <laughs> any any absolutely uh, hint of a storyline will be extrapolated. They will turn this into as many seasons as oh, yeah. possible. It they will, will Game of Thrones it. They will basically write the story <laughs> for this. <laughs> they will. They will squeeze every last drop of content out of this game franchise. Sean, would you say the, uh, the, the, the combat in the last of us game, would would that be on par with say double dragon? I mean, which is probably the last combat game I've ever played. It's up there. I mean, don't get me wrong. It is, it is good. Um, I mean, I, I will differ from Frank and say, I thought the story was great in the game. I, I, but you know, we've seen a lot of kind of not great adaptations of video games. And a lot of times it's because people say, you know, there's just, there's not actually a lot of meat to the bone or not, not a lot of meat to the actual story of a video game. This one has some meat. So it was interesting to see, you know, what they did with it. And I think for the most part, there was, there was stuff there to work with. And just to clarify what I was saying, I don't think any video game stories are that good, but as far as video game stories go, last of us is one of the best. Uh, if not the best, it, it would be close for me that God of war, maybe final fantasy seven, but I think what makes it great and all video game stories great for the most part is awesome characters and like the performances are a big part of that in the video game. And just, just to bring it back to the game, we should be talking about double dragon. There are definitely double dragon S moments in the game where you have to mash the button like crazy. Let's not be, it's a great comparison. Good job, Greg. Well, I'd go even further. The idea, I don't know what the first game that did this, but I believe it's in double dragon. The idea of picking up weapons along the way, the player choice as to whether that weapon or not, that's a big part of combat in the last of us using bricks and bottles uh, and deciding how to approach combat situations. It all goes back to double dragon. Mm Mm-hmm. And Mortal Kombat, the the logo of Mortal Kombat and Mortal Kombat 2 featured in The Last of Us is also inspired by Double Dragon. Well, I I think we solved it. I think we we 
we we figured out uh, why the last of us was so successful as a video game and uh and maybe uh we'll figure out why it was it is or not successful as a, a television show so it's an hbo show created and written by uh craig mazin and neil uh Druckmann, starring pedro pascal bella ramsey it's a story that's set in 2023, 20 years into a pandemic caused by a mass fungal infection, which forces its host to transform into zombie-like creatures, or I prefer to call them mushroom monsters, and it just collapses society. So, I mean, yeah, there aren't really a lot of uh, regular characters. Uh, the story is uh, essentially about uh, Joel and Ellie. Uh, but, Sean, give me your your overall thoughts on the show nine episodes nine episodes yeah i mean i i really liked it i i thought you know for the most part it was quite well done i do think um you know not to jump too far ahead because i'm sure we're going to get more in detail about the ending in particular but um i really like the ending in the game and it was very impactful in the game i do think that final episode was a bit rushed in the in the show so it didn't like land as hard in, in the show. And, you know, again, I'm sure we're going to talk about this, but just having played the game, knowing a lot of the beats, some of that stuff, you know, doesn't land as well. But I think, you know, playing the game, you, you spend a lot more time, right? Like basically they take all the cutscenes and like the actual story and dialogue and stuff and, and make nine episodes of TV. But, when you're playing the game, there's like 20 hours of combat and stuff in between where you are spending with these characters. So there's a bit more of a relationship built up, I think. Um, but yeah, I thought, you know, it is definitely one of the best, if not the best video game adaptations, but, you know, granted, I think they just had a lot of good stuff to work with to begin with. And uh, yeah, a few minor nitpicks and stuff, but I, I really liked it. Better than the double dragon movie show. Hey, I like the Double Dragon movie just fine. Thank you very much. Uh, Frank, thoughts on uh, the the show? Uh, first of all, h- how long does it take to like complete the the game, The Last of Us? On a rushed playthrough, I think you could do it in probably ten or eleven hours to do like a completion. And I look because survival and crafting and finding things is a is a big part of the game. I look everywhere. I find everything. Even though I've played the game 10 times, I still play it that way. It takes me more like 15 hours. And would you do that in like one sitting? No, no. that one took me a few, but I think the first time I okay. beat the game, I probably beat it over the course of two or three days. That's and I, have, I have beaten it in a day when I was trying to get some trophies before where I just burned through it again. And trophies. Okay. <laughs> what do you mean? Trophies. <laughs> They're um, (laughs) fictitious digital rewards for accomplishing tasks in video games that, while meaningless to most, drive every decision in my life. Well, all right. Uh, Let's Huck go next. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't even say anything. You didn't even say anything about the show, did you? I know. I'll come back to me. Okay. All right. Okay. Uh, My overall thoughts were I really liked it. Um, I thought that. Like Sean said, there were a few like impactful moments that were not as impactful for me. And I really was struggling to figure out if 
it's because I know the game so well and I knew the story pretty much already. Like I recognized places when they got there, I knew what it was um, kind of before they are, they, you know, they really explained what it was in the TV show. And I wonder if that uh, clouded my judgment a bit about my enjoyment of the show. Um, I did still enjoy it, but I wonder if I didn't know those things, if it would have been more of a shock, more interesting um, and that sort of thing about the show, but overall really liked it. Uh, I must say I didn't, I was kind of surprised by the episode structure that they took and how they jumped around so much, but um, over uh, we get into detail more in more detail later, but yeah, I, I liked it. I thought it was good. All right, Frank. Well, I'm going to kind of echo what Huck said, where it's really tough for me to evaluate how much I like this show because I've played the game so many times And I find I'm just constantly comparing it to the game. By the end of the series, I was able to create a separation. And it is really hard for me to separate people saying it's the greatest show ever made. And like, I'm always going into the show. Like, are people really like, this is better than the Sopranos. This is better than the wire. Even recent shows like succession, which I like, but don't love. I don't think it's better than that. Uh, But by the end of the series, I was able to put, get over some of my hesitations and biases with the show and the new characters and new casting and new ideas ultimately won me over. And I liked the show, but I do find I'm split down the middle with a lot of stuff. Some things I, I like, I generally like new decisions by the show where they're like, let's, expand on this idea more or cut out some things and get to the heart of an idea or condense ideas. I think all those decisions were really well done, including already dipping into stuff from the last of us part two to, to kind of bridge the gap and make it make a little more sense continuing from part one to part two. But technically I think the show is kind of weak and specifically I think the performances are average at best, almost across the board. The only two performances that are above average to me are the two leads. And it's not even that much. I think most of the, the, the lower tier cast aside from, I like, I really like Murray Bartlett and Nick Offerman in episode three. I think they are the two best performances in the show by far. And those, I think it's a bit reflective of the production. Uh, and, the the production design i really don't like anytime the how the way they decorate sets the way signs are written are like almost out of the video game i've i've said this before i feel like they use the video game as concept art and pre-production rather than actually doing that for the show and it feels kind of cheap and uh inauthentic when i'm seeing signs art by kids uh, drawings on walls. Anytime someone's painted a warning, it looks terrible. Uh, and also the makeup. I do not think the makeup is good. Uh, like the, there's something off with the cordyceps and the, when it's a human running around with like just a mask on, it does not look good. It, it looks pretty bad. And it, it's, it works in huge horde scenarios, like episode five to me. Best episode by far. It took a bunch of ideas, condensed them, elaborated. Best episode 
easily for me in the series. And when there's a bunch of the infected, it works. But when it's an individual one running around, it looks lame. Uh, it, it, yeah. I mean, I actually kind of agree with you on that. Like I, I know you've brought up the production design stuff before on film junk and stuff. I, I don't have a problem with most of it, but I, that was the one thing that for some reason stuck out to me, the look of the clickers and, and even the bloater, like there's something about it that feels out of a video game, not out of this real world that they're trying to create. And I, I can't explain it. I, I like, maybe it's just, I know what it looks like in the game and it's like almost one-to-one. It's like too exact. I might go even further. I I wouldn't be surprised if they took the models from the creatures and 3D printed them and made masks or something <laughs> like that. Like it's it's so close to the game and it just feels off. It doesn't feel organic. And I would say that's a general theme inter- I know it's a video based on a video game, but the show feels artistically like a video game, which I don't think is a good thing. But I got over that stuff. Uh Cinematography wise, I thought it was okay, but I will say I thought it was great whenever there was natural light, whenever it was lit um, with colored lights that are is like clearly a part of the production design. Wasn't crazy about it, but when they were outdoors, especially in the winter sections, I thought the show looked awesome. Uh, and I really liked when the production design diverted to have different locations, like uh, when Joel is hurt in the house uh, rather than, you know, establishing where that house is and grounding it in a reality of abandoned houses um decisions like that worked really well but overall as as first two episodes i'm like i'm gonna just have to shit on this show uh i did not end up there i really liked it by the end and the one that holds up 100 from the game i've said this before too the soundtrack uh by i i'm i know i'm gonna pronounce his name wrong um gustavo Santayo Lala, who had done the music for Brokeback Mountain and some other movies. And it's the exact same music from the game. The best. A hundred percent amazing. End credits song, which they use earlier in the show. One of the best songs, if not the best song ever written for a video game. Wow. Uh, did, did you guys watch the making of 30 minute documentary thing? I did not. No. So, and you, you're shaking your head, Sean. You watched it. Yeah. So like they used way more CG than I thought they did. I thought this and and I agree that there were some sets that were I was like something's not quite right here and it's because of the sheer amount of CG. Like every shot basically has a ton of environment CG uh overlaid on top of it, which I was actually pretty shocked to see. But it makes sense after looking back at it and seeing how dense the scenes are with just stuff everywhere around. And um, yeah, it, it it definitely gives that feel of like something's a little artificial. Can I add one thing? I just want to double check. I am. If I'm embarrassed, I'm sorry. Uh, the draft's real, right? Yes, it yeah. is real. The one thing was- that needed to be real was real. And uh, that was- <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did think it was CG. Apparently I was double checked. I was like, is it real? Is it not real? It was hard to tell. And when you watch the making of, it'll explain why, because basically the giraffe and the two characters were the only thing in the oh, scene yeah. that were CG. So obviously it was really hard to match the lighting properly with the environment. Cause also the, the background behind the giraffe almost looks so blown out. 
And I was like, something's not right here at all. And they, they basically didn't have any of the, anything except the giraffe and the characters. Yeah. That, I, that's what I assumed happened. And I'm like, it, the whole scene looked kind of fake, but I was looking when the leaves went in the mouth and they're petting the giraffe. I'm like, this has got to be real. And I am loving it. The moment, the definitive moment from the game <laughs> did not uh, undersell that moment in the show. Although it, it doesn't play as big in the, in the, when you're not killing things constantly for 12 hours and then you pet a giraffe, it's not as impactful, <laughs> which is the context for the game. But I want to yeah. know what Greg thought about this show as someone who hasn't played the game 10 times. Um, I actually, I quite enjoyed it. Um, like the, the whole, um, zombie genre, uh, is, is pretty tiresome to me. So, um, I thought this was a, a, a little more, uh, fresh, um, especially the fact that there was like, uh, the, the fungus and the whole mushroom thing and the stuff coming out of the, the mouse. I thought that was, uh, uh, really cool. Okay. And it was, it was different than any other stuff that, uh, is on, television or or in, in films um i thought the majority of the performances were were pretty good i thought uh um the chemistry between joel and ellie was was good i i kind of liked um that uh i am curious about uh how you felt about the casting of the main two characters um like uh uh, I, I don't know what the video game characters look like or what the ages are, but is is it uh, decent or subpar? Well, I mean, I'll I'll say I I liked it. I think, and, and I don't. I feel like Frank mentioned this too, but like um, Bella Ramsey took a little while to grow on me, just because I wasn't quite sure why. But I think I, when I did go back and and play the uh, Left Behind DLC, I was kind of reminded, like Ellie in the video game. I don't know age wise, but I feel like she she feels a bit younger and a I think she's more, supposed to be fourteen. Yeah, and she feels a little more innocent. Whereas like Bella Ramsey, right off the bat, is like swearing and she's just very like she has this sharp edge to her, which you know I think is kind of makes sense for her character and what she's been through and all that kind of stuff. But it just something about that was like you know it just felt like tr- trying a little too hard, I guess. But I mean, she won me over. Um, but that was kind of the main thing that I was a little bit struggling with. But I thought Pedro Pascal was was great, and yeah, I think the chemistry between them was was solid. Yeah, I, I'm pretty much exactly where Sean was. Where Bella Ramsey, the first two episodes, I'm like, I don't know, I'm not sold. By the end, I was definitely sold. Part of its writing, I don't know if they filmed the show in order, but. I felt like Bella Ramsey was overacting a bit in the first couple episodes. And then I don't know if that was intentional. Like the character is uh, much more defensive and starts to get relaxed with Joel, which is part of the game too. So their, their relationship forms, but by the end, I think it's settled into a nice chemistry. But if I, if I'm being honest, I prefer Joel and Ellie in the game. And it, it pains me to say, and give credit to Troy Baker, uh, <laughs> who's probably already angry that he's he lost the role of Joel. But I prefer that that version of Joel and Ellie more. And it's so, I'm used to it, but I, I think it's better. So I don't I don't know if Greg knows, but this show features a bunch of the voice actors from the game in actual okay. star in actual uh, secondary character roles. So, um, James, I think he was in the eighth episode. Yep. He was like the sidekick to the priest guy. He's a buddy he, boy. 
Buddy oh, he, Boy. he got uh, Cleaver in the neck. Yeah, so he is the voice actor for Joel in the game. Okay. Performance and, capture artist. Oh, performance uh, slash storyteller. storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> and there was a couple others which I didn't know actually. I wrote them down. Um uh let's see here. Uh Marlene, whose performance I actually really liked, which you guys didn't mention, she is Marlene in the game. That I and f- when when she first came out, I was like, she looks exactly like the character in the game. And it turns out it's because it was the character in the game. And in the game, a lot of the times they do take the actor the voice actor as an inspiration for the character model so she looks exactly like she does in the game and then um not always right like joel in the game doesn't yeah. really look like troy baker that's an but old joel and joel in the game looks very similar to pedro pascal yes actually. that's pretty close i agree it's pretty close uh also the the psycho woman kathleen who ran what well, i think it was the kansas city camp her kind of like second in command guy is the voice of Tommy in the video game. And yeah. I think his name in the show is David. I think I had that written. No, not David. Um, Harry. Harry was his character in the show. And then there was one other character. Oh, the big one's Ashley Johnson, who plays yeah, Ashley Ellie in the so, game from yeah. Growing Pains, uh, is, uh, plays Ellie's mother in the show, which is not part of the game. Yeah. Yeah, I think there's one other one. But- I thought the casting Ashley Johnson was was pretty good because she actually uh, shares looks. like looks with uh, um, Bella Ramsey quite a bit. Um, I wonder if it was the other way. I wonder if they had always intended on Ashley Johnson being in the role, and maybe they cast Bella Ramsey because she was similar looking to Ashley Johnson. I wonder which way that went, or if there was even any connection at all. Yeah, I don't know. I think I read a quick thing today. Like, just they they auditioned a lot of people for Ellie and I, I that's all I really read. So I don't, I, I assume it wasn't really based on a, I don't see the connection to be honest, but maybe I'm missing something. I think you're missing round, something Fair round enough. face perhaps. <laughs> um, I also uh, like Frank, like you said, uh, I, I liked a lot of the outdoor stuff. I think I read somewhere the lot, a lot of it was filmed in Alberta. Yeah. Um, so um, like the, the snow covered stuff, it, it made a lot of sense and I thought it looked great. Um, now, um, how many of the, of the characters that we meet, I mean, you mentioned Marlene is in the game, but how many of the characters that we meet throughout are in the actual video game? Like the majority of them, I would say 85 to 90% are exact characters or maybe a couple are amalgamations of other characters, but it's pretty close to the game in terms of plot structure, major characters, uh, very similar. Yeah, there was some stuff where I was watching. I was like, "Oh, they're changing some things," and then I kind of looked it up afterwards, or or even like with the Left Behind DLC, I was like, "No, this is pretty much exactly the game." I was like, yeah. "Wow, I couldn't believe it." And uh, for like the like, I'm, I'm assuming the the like the the zombie characters are are like fast moving in the game. Like, um, do you prefer? Uh, in like your entertainment, do you prefer fast zombies or do you prefer slow zombies? Fast baby. Fast all the way. <laughs> I mean, I fast. don't know. I slow is the classic, but I feel like fast is the new modern kind of spin on it. It's definitely more terrifying fast zombies. And in the game it makes them much harder to hit. So 
adds another level of tension there. I would say fast in terms of this world. Anyway, the the world is kind of hard to believe if it's slow moving zombies, even right. in the context of the show, they find spots. Oh, not a lot of infected out here. Oh yeah. Why doesn't everyone live there then? Like I'm constantly asking questions in the, when the video game, I'm like, whatever I'm killing stuff. I don't care. Uh, when I'm watching the show, I'm like this world. I'm not buying it. Kind of the same way I feel about a quiet place. If they're attracted to sound or even in episode five, they're like, Oh, they all live underground in the tunnels and they don't come out of the tunnels. Hey, I got an idea. Let's give them, build them a bunch of tunnels that they can live in. Or like there's tunnels everywhere. It feels like there are solutions to these problems that uh, I don't care about when I'm playing, but I do care about when I'm watching. Frank, I think uh, you might be one of the leaders of society if this shit ever actually <laughs> happens. Well, just like a quiet place, set up some sound things that draw them to them and blow them up. Because the the one thing a quiet place has going for it is the creatures are big and powerful. The zombies in the show are pretty easy to kill. I, I could come up with some plans to kill them all pretty quickly. I'd be interested in seeing seeing some of your plans. Like I've been in, I've been in your house, so I know you don't have like rooms dedicated to your plans, and I know you don't have like a bunker type space. Well, I'm I'm assuming you don't have a bunker because you doesn't share that. Yeah, you might have a hidden room somewhere. So I don't know. No, I just think if they are attracted to sound, there are. I'm often wondering how people who live in this world aren't thinking about what I'm thinking about. It become desensitized. It's been 15 years or whatever. And it works in a video game context because it's like part of the mechanics. You know, you step on a piece of glass, it attracts things. It, it, it works in a gameplay scenario. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't care that much. I don't get hung up on it, but there are definitely moments where I'm like, does this make sense in this, in this well, I, world? But I mean, just to be a bit fair, like, you don't really see that many zombies in, in the show. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I actually kind of like that. Like I could see that being something, you know, big horror heads would be disappointed with, but it kind of makes sense because people kind of tend to know where the zombies are. They stay away from them. And it's only when it's like, Oh, we got to escape this city. And the only way out is through these tunnels. Like, okay. Yeah. That's a good reason to maybe risk it. But um, yeah, for the most part, they, they are kind of, but when you see Colorado or even Bill and Frank, what they're like having that fence, they live 20 years pretty much. And they only get bothered once that we see seem like it's, it's a, a live a semi livable situation that I'm wondering why society has come to a screeching halt. Well, Frank, uh, I can, uh, I can confidently say that uh, of all the people that I know that I consider friends, uh, no one that I know thinks the same way that you think about <laughs> pretty much anything. So, right. so I'll take that know, as a compliment. Yeah, you True should. Original. Yes. <laughs> well, so let's uh, let's talk about some of the episodes. Um, like like the first couple of episodes pretty much set the stage for everything. We get kind of like a a brief history lesson at the beginning with John Hanna. Like like on a '60s or late '50s uh, uh, talk show, um, I actually I, I really liked how they kind of introduced the idea of of uh, like the viral fungus infection not being able to be stopped. Uh, um, I liked how everybody was smoking on television in this in the scene, and uh, um, 
and then it kind of it, it jumps quite a bit to like 20 years later um with uh you know joel in the quarantine zone uh living in boston and kind of sets up his relationship with with tess and then we're introduced to, to Marlene uh, in the first episode of, uh, as well. And we kind of discover that uh, uh, Joel is kind of like um, um, uh, a smuggler, I would say. And uh, he uh, he can get things into the quarantine zone and get things out. And and that's kind of how he ends up uh, taking Ellie uh, across this uh, journey to get. I think they're going to the opposite side of uh, of the country because that's where they end up going. Um, but uh, as as a setup, the first couple of episodes, I'm assuming is it's similar to how the game sets up, and um, so how did you think they 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 adapted that? Sean? I, think I think it was really good. But since we're talking okay. about the cold open with the talk show, that is yeah. not in the video game, and okay. I absolutely hate the cold open. It's like you hated that. Oh, more than anything. I hated everything about it. It's like this desperate attempt to tie it into the pandemic and current uh, events. I I can make the connection between a zombie outbreak and the pandemic. Thank you. I do not need this talk show to do it for me. And uh, I hated the writing and performances on that talk show. I think the game is a much better intro and where the show goes immediately after with Joel's daughter and uh, getting uh buddy from uh friday night lights back in as the neighbor i i it should have just went straight to that i hate the cold open is it because it's it's not in the game no i just think it's terribly done and lazy and lame what one thing we didn't mention was that the uh way the infection spreads is different in the show than in the game in the show, they imply that it's through food and through like a, just the fungus itself. Whereas in the game, it's like an airborne thing that you can breathe in. So mm. in the show, it's like a fungus they got. I think uh, that one episode, they talk about it going through flour or sugar or something like right. that. Yeah. And um, and then they also have it where like the the little tendril things come out and like, you know, the kiss or whatever. Yeah. Um, whereas in the show, it's mostly air or sorry, in the game, it's mostly air, like an airborne, uh, almost like bacteria. Yeah. They have, there's thing. areas with spores and they have to wear masks and stuff like that a lot more in the game. So that's yeah. not in the, that's not in the show. And I think that's the big reason why they changed it was because they didn't want their main characters wearing masks the whole time. Cause Pedro Pascal has another show where he does that the whole time. But, um, but yeah, I like, and I think that's why the cold open, why they did that, you know, they wanted to sort of establish right off, right off the top. Okay. This is our take on zombies and it's a little different from the game as well. And just kind of establish that. And I thought that was a good choice. I, I actually like that. I mean, the cold open, I could take it or leave it. I, it, was, it was, I thought it a good way to intro it, I guess, but um, I always liked the game starting with the game when it came out, the idea of like just a different take on zombies, right? Like the fungal thing rather than uh, our tra- the traditional treatment. And I think that still works. It keeps the idea fresh. I just didn't like the execution. And in the first episode, the only thing I will say, it's solid. The intro to the game is solid. Everything works almost beat for beat. The only thing that's better in the game is escaping like with Joel and uh, Tommy at the beginning, because you're controlling it in the car 
and you're kind of doing the camera from Ellie's perspective. And it's a bit like, you know, children of men. And you're just like seeing all this stuff play out and you're kind of rotating around the back seat and seeing what's going on. That is like a much more effective way to take in that moment than the show. Very immersive. Yeah. yeah. Very immersive. One of the best parts of the game. So, um, Ellie is like you, you said, Ellie, Ellie's in that, or are you talking sorry, Sarah? Sarah? Sarah, my bad. Okay. Sarah. All right. Um, so do they, do they ever use the, the words like pandemic or global pandemic in the game? No. Okay. See, that's now I understand why you didn't like it. Yes. Now you do. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't, uh, I don't know. Like, do, do you really think that they tried to be that heavy handed to tie it into what's going on? Uh, yeah, they say it's a pandemic pan meaning all. And like, it's like, yeah, I'd say it's pretty heavy handed. All right. You convinced me. I don't like the opening anymore either. And it's not that it's wrong. Like, I I don't like I, but I can make those connections myself, even replaying the game. I didn't need you to spell it out for me. What about the, uh, the cold open for episode two, where they're in, uh, Jakarta in Indonesia with the, they bring in the game. I liked it a lot. You like that more. Yes. Um, but, uh, like it was, um, I, I, I thought that, 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 that one was, um, um, I guess pretty shocking because the, uh, um, like, you know, the scientist, like her answer to solve the problem is to essentially just kill everybody and bomb oh. the city. Um, <laughs> it was kind of shocking. I mean, like, yeah, I, I didn't really expect that, uh, but, uh, I, I think it, it worked to really, uh, uh, set the tone about how, um, you know, scientists really thought that this, uh, um, wasn't going to be something that they could, they could stop. So I enjoyed that. Uh, but you, you like that. And, um, Andrew, what did you think about, uh, the, the part with in Indonesia? I really liked it. The only thing I was confused about was exactly when that was taking place in the storyline. I don't know if it, if I, I don't know if I just missed like a little, uh, you know, uh, intro at the beginning that said the year that that took place i'm assuming it was kind of around the time that everything started happening i wasn't sure if that was like supposed to be ground zero or yeah, if like that the, was they said uh, it, it it was two days before the full-on outbreak okay okay i, I must have missed that part but i really liked it and i thought it was it was neat to give that little backstory of the you know where it came from i don't think in the games they ever really talk about the origins of exactly where it comes from in this way um there's no like there's definitely no flashbacks in the game it it doesn't really do that so it's all through environmental storytelling if anything in the game so you don't really get this much interaction with a character in the past which is which was neat i liked it i thought it did a good job of explaining it especially to people who haven't played the game who might not know, have any idea of what's really going on yet. Obviously you have in the first episode, you have that little teaser that Frank hates about f- the fungus, but then this kind of really uh, sets the scale of the problem in, in a much more visible light. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I thought the first couple episodes were, were strong. Um, I did think uh, as I was watching the first couple episodes, I was kind of thinking like, okay, there's, a lot of new people watching this who, who haven't played the game. What are they thinking of it? And I did kind of wonder, like, is this really setting itself apart enough? Like, is this just feel like the walking dead or something? And I, I think it, it does a little bit at the beginning. And I think, it, you know, episode three obviously is, is a pretty uh, unique episode. And I think that's where it starts to really set itself apart and show maybe what's a bit different about this. 
But yeah, no, no real complaints about the first two episodes. I think they were solid. Since I um, said one part I think is better in the game than the show, I'll say one thing the show did better is the moment when they get captured uh, escaping the, the QZ and the, the idea of the scanner to see who's testing positive or negative, like using the light on that, like the whole character's face lights up with the green and the red and the way they build the tension uh, when they're going to test Ellie is way better in the show than it was in the game. Um, Frank, you mentioned how much you liked, uh, uh, the music, um, mm-hmm. uh, in the show. Um, I think, uh, um, it was probably episode two, I think where, um, I st- I really started to notice the music and, and the, like, I really enjoyed the opening credits theme. Um, but, uh, uh, there's a, a lot of, um, music plays a kind of a big role throughout, uh, the show, um, you know, like they, they talk about, uh, communicating, uh, between each other by playing certain songs on, on like a radio frequency, uh, to send messages that way. Um, like there's, uh, um, the, the music that's inside, uh, Bill and Frank's house, like the, the music that they listen to and the piano. Um, and then, uh, uh, the, the cassettes that are in the truck when in the next episode and like, um, uh, Joel talks about uh, playing the guitar. So like music is a big theme uh, throughout the entire series, which are, I, I really enjoyed. And the, there's a lot of use of, of popular music uh, throughout the, the show that um, I thought was, was really good. There's a lot of television shows where they use music in it. Um, like I'll, I'll, I'll say Willow, for example, that's really, really bad. Um <laughs> But uh, uh, in this, I, I thought a lot of the choices for songs that they used throughout uh, all nine episodes uh, was was really good. And Frank, I'm, I'm curious what you thought about that, because I know you like the score and how it came right from the game. And, you know, you're someone that is uh, often very critical about the use of popular music in television shows. And uh, I, I enjoy your, your takes on that. So I'm, I'm interested in what you thought about that. In general, I liked it. I I can be more specific. I liked the first use of never let me down again by Depeche mode. Wasn't crazy about the second. Uh, I, but that kind of ties in with the game. It's actually skipping to the last of us part two in a lot of ways or drawing influence from that because like, aha, there's a big moment with take on me in the second part of the series. And I feel like it's, you know, the, the whole second game is about her, her learning having learned how to play guitar from joel and they they know that's coming so i think it was a much bigger part of season one than it was in the original like game part one so i I think incorporating that stuff is good but in general i liked it i still like the original music from the game more than the use of uh, popular music but it didn't bother me sean yeah i mean i thought it was well done i didn't think you know they kind of overused anything super obvious. Um, But, you know, it didn't make me, you just bringing this up did make me think it. I think it's an interesting point. Like why, why is music kind of so prevalent in this world? And I think maybe that's just, you know, an interesting thing that would survive in a post-apocalyptic world better than movies, TV, like things where it's like, you know, you need electronics, you need streaming, you need like music, people can just play it. You have cassette tapes lying around, like it feels like something that is passed down a little bit easier. 
or you can just play an instrument and sing like yeah exactly so yeah that's kind of cool what about you andrew uh i also thought it was really well done i what's i thought the non like pop music influences part the the score in general was really used subtly but really contributed to like the emotions of each episode and i thought it did a really good job like just the like uh I can't remember what it's called, like the picking guitar. I can't remember what that type of guitar playing is called. Um, Almost like a classical style of guitar playing just really kind of infiltrates a lot of the score throughout the show and does a great job and really rings back true to the game. So I really enjoy, uh, I really just, I felt like I was in the game because of the score a lot of the times, which I imagine you didn't have that experience necessarily because you've never played the game. So it's interesting that um, to hear your side of it and, and how you, you kind of latched on more to the, the pops choices. Whereas I more latched on to the more subtle musical uh, themes. I think that were from the game. Like in, in the first episode, we, we see some of the, um, it's kind of the first time we see a lot of the like the zombies and uh they they look mostly like for the most part they're human because this is kind of we get a lot of uh like the original outbreak um in in the city when they're again when they're driving around in, in the truck and we, we start seeing uh these creatures but in in the second episode um is when we first get introduced to like the clickers the ones that have like the big mushroom caps on uh the tops of their their heads and they kind of explain how the um they don't see very well but they they hear really well and and you know we see ellie get bit again and that's we kind of see her start to heal as well and then uh tess gets bit as well in the scene um now frank you said that the the clickers they you didn't think that they looked very good at all like the like the the because uh, it like the cgi it wasn't really makeup or anything like that um well, you, there, I, I thought there was i thought there was makeup like oh maybe there was it's almost all makeup it's okay. almost all makeup yeah, yeah like it just like i said it looks like a human with a mask on and i get it it's a tv show they like it's not a movie budget but there was something about the movement of them as well that felt off it just felt like someone running with a mask on like it, it, yeah i mean they talk about that in the behind the scenes thing about you know praising the the performance actors who were doing all the movements and stuff and uh and yeah but like something about it is a little overdone for me too That's and i funny. wouldn't be surprised I, if in the game they have like procedural animations that are additive on top that just add randomness and make it feel more unnatural that a human performer can't really capture I have the opposite take. I thought they did a pretty good job of capturing the like awkward twitchiness of them from the game. And I didn't, I didn't think it was like too subtle or whatever. I thought that I thought it was pretty well done actually compared to uh, you guys. Um, they, I don't know if they explained it in the show, but do they explain it in the game? Um, why they look so different? Is it just the, the, the mutation just continues after they've been infected and that's what they, become or is it a a different form of infection is it a different is it like the difference between oyster mushrooms and shiitakes like is is like what's (laughs) it is a completely arbitrary idea for a game mechanic based on 
like sound rather than sight. So it's like the version that is triggered by sound. So they cover their eyes and they're more dangerous. They kill you the second they grab you, at least at the start of the game. So they're a more threatening version that are completely sound based. So it evolved out of the game mechanic. I'm sure there's some reason that like it targeted their head and like works its way into the, it does have a base in some science though. Uh, Like it's based on that fungus thing that gets into ants and controls ants and it actually like gets into their brainstem or something. So I think the idea is like, it kind of goes into their head and then kind of like explodes out from there. Like you'll notice there's like little tendrils that like kind of come out. And I think the clickers are kind of like the grown up version of those tendrils that have now exploded kind of out everywhere and kind of taken over to the point where like the eyes are useless because the tendrils have kind of come out and blown away the guy's whole face. Yeah. So I, I'm not to rely on. I guess I would say it, it kind of makes sense. It's, it is kind of arbitrary based on the game, but that would take us down the road of bloaters, which, well, how, why do bloaters exist in this? Uh, they're, they're just big people that got infected. <laughs> like, what, well, what I, th- I thought even bloater? in the, I thought even in the game, it was about how long they've been mutating for or something, right? Like if you get to some like hidden faraway place, way underground, something's been, you know, evolving over time down there. And it's like going to be a bloater or a bigger creature as opposed to the ones on the surface. I thought that was kind of the, the, I don't know if they, I don't think they say that in the show, but I thought that was what they say in the game. Maybe I would debate like the, the logistics of how many bloaters versus or the different types. And I think they, they talk about the lifespan of some of them and it taking place over 20 years in the show. I don't know if it all adds up. I, I don't care for the record. I do not care. <laughs> it's a mini boss, Frank. Come on, just let it go. I, I, I care even less during the game, but I also don't care during the show. It's a, it's a zombie TV show. I can go with it. Um, at, at the end of episode, uh, two, um, you know, Tess, after she's been bitten, she sacrifices herself so that Joel and Ellie can escape once the, the horde has, uh, I believe it's a museum that they're in. Um, and this is, uh, um, like she's been infected. So I, I guess that was why they, they didn't just pounce on her and kind of tear her apart. But, uh, we got like that the first time we saw like a hot makeout session between the two of these things with the, the spores kind of going from mouth in, into the other mouth. Um, again, yeah, I, had a, I had a note about that. Like they always attack. This is the one time. They yeah. Just- it was like a, a very sensual death. Um, it was very strange, but maybe that's just what they did. So they could do the slow motion of the lighter falling and starting the fire and, and, and exploiting the museum. Um, is there, like uh making out in the video game (laughs) (laughs) not that i I recall (laughs) i don't even think there's that explosion right is there an explosion in that game i don't think so right i feel like that scene plays out different in the game but i frank's the expert he just played it he should know (laughs) (laughs) oh you don't remember oh fair enough i think think you shoot tess but I'm sure I'm embarrassing myself right now. I thought I thought you just leave her alone to like hold them off while you escape, and she like tries to shoot a whole bunch dead, and then be. yeah, it's been a while. And what hasn't I been a while is- for me? And I still, <laughs> still don't know. 
there there are currently people screaming in their cars uh yelling out what exactly happens in the game and and just thinking terrible thoughts about you friends that's okay whether it's the game or the show i'm here to advocate for one thing let us end last of us preciousness it's a zombie game it's a zombie tv show let's relax you can like it all you want it is not the most important thing that's ever happened in the history of entertainment man they I mean, are gonna is, come for you <laughs> i've been saying, the greatest game of all time but you know aside from that relax exactly <laughs> <laughs> And uh, uh, this leads us to uh, the the first of a, of a couple of a, of the nine episodes where it doesn't really feature a lot of of the main characters. I'm I'm not even sure if uh, Ellie's even in episode three a, at all, um, or maybe she's right at the beginning or at the ver- oh yeah at the very there's end. Book ends. She, there's bookends. Th- that's right. The book ends. So w- we meet uh, uh, Bill and Frank. Um, Bill is. Uh, uh, played by oh my god what's his name um nick offerman nick, nick offerman yes um essentially playing an amped up version of his character from parks and rec essentially um and uh he he's like uh um i want to say like uh almost like a tinfoil hat uh wearing type person he has the bunker like he has the frank bunker right uh bill has the bunker not frank right (laughs) and uh you know he has all the 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 hidden cameras and he watches the the town get uh evacuated to safety and i say safety in quotes because we we found out later what actually happened to all the the townspeople they were actually uh um mostly innocent and they were all executed by uh the army so he ends up being the only person that's left in his town. And so we get uh, the montage of him setting up uh, all his traps and going from store to store and taking everything he wants and kind of uh, just essentially setting himself up to live uh, in this town all by himself uh, in this house. And then um, another person by the name of Frank approaches and uh, he reluctantly lets him in and, uh, they they fall in love and we get like this uh really nice uh episode away from like the the zombies and the and the terror and the death that we see in the first two episodes of this uh relationship between uh bill and frank and i think it's uh i, I don't know if it was my favorite episode of the series but i think it might be uh, arguably the the best episode or the the best acted and the best written episode um we get kind of like the whole story of these two as they live their 20 some odd years uh, together in this house. Um, Andrew, what did you think of uh, the, the episode? This was kind of like the first break we've had from uh, uh, the chaos of the first two. Yeah. So at, at the start of this episode, I was, or, well, I guess when it's kind of switched over to bill, I was kind of like, what the heck's going on in this episode? Like, what, what is this doing? And um, this is when I started to realize that, they started to structure the show a lot like lost, except you don't have any recurring characters. You kind of just have like these one-off characters where you have like episodes about, and I think it works pretty well. Um, <clears throat> the only thing that I had trouble with this episode was I was always super tense and I thought for sure something was going to happen all the time. And it never really did. Like I thought when, the piano scene, like great scene. 
he's playing the piano. I can't remember, uh, not Bill. What's the other guy's name? Frank? Frank's playing the p- piano. And Bill's like, don't play that song. Don't play that or whatever. And then Bill starts to play the an- piano. I'm like, Frank is going to do him in here and take his house. Like, it's the <laughs> end for Bill. You're an idiot. Like, the whole time, I'm super <laughs> tense thinking, like, this is the end for you, Bill. Like, you built this great compound. You're just going to give it over to this asshole that just stumbled into your house. You idiot, right? And um, <clears throat> it never happened, obviously. But that was that was like uh, I just found myself so tense the whole time that these guys. First, I thought Bill was going to get it for Frank. Then I thought you know the both of them were going to get it because they were um, you know getting too cu- too uh, lazy with their you know defense or whatever around the encampment, and it never really came to that until like kind of the the end. But um, yeah, I enjoyed this episode though. I was it was definitely. Long, like the longest episode, I think by far, right? Like most episodes were around 40 to 50 minutes. This one was over an hour. I think this and oh. episode one are both about an hour and 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, I liked it, but at this early in the show, I kind of was a little confused as to why we were leaving the main characters for so long, so early. Um, So I, in hindsight, I liked it a lot, but while it was, while I was watching it the first time, I kind of was frustrated with like, why aren't we seeing what Joel and Ellie are doing? And, and, and I kind of felt like a lot of these kind of side episodes took away from the relationship building of Joel and Ellie that you get way more of in the game. I think Sean mentioned it. You just spend so much more time with Joel and Ellie, Ellie, you get to know them better. Whereas this spends a lot more time on these kind of like throwaway characters that I think are, you know, good side stories about the world, but don't really like, tell the story that i wanted to see of joel and ellie going through the world frank uh yeah i i like the episode a lot i guess it's probably because it's the first time we're getting away from the game in some respects and it's doing its own thing now bill and frank were characters in the game uh you actually meet up with bill in the game so how he dies in this is not the same as the game so that's a departure but it alludes to their relationship through letters and the state the scene with the magazine uh is in the the game as well but um so the the breadcrumbs are there in the game but this is like well let's fill out this story and i i liked it because i think it's got the the two best performances and i really like the idea of bill's character like living a life in an apocalyptic world that he couldn't live in the regular world. And uh, just that core conceit is really good. I think it actually could have leaned into it a bit more. Um, But uh, I I thought that was a really unique idea of like something that could happen that isn't in the game in a post that I don't remember seeing in anything. That's a a zombie apocalypse or anything like that. Like, uh, and I, I like the, the core idea of the show or the episode, I should say. And the two leads, I really like Murray Bartlett in uh, the first season of White Lotus. So I, I thought that was pretty good. Sean, what about you? Yeah, I mean, it's a great episode. I mean, I think performances are great. Um, a lot of people calling it one of the best episodes of TV of all time. I mean, that's maybe going a little crazy, but like, you know, I think I said this on Film Junk. I mean, it's it's a nice self-contained story. I think that's part of the reason why it really works for people. Right. But um yeah, I just I, I really like that idea of like you're living alone, you found this way to survive, 
And now somebody comes along and it's like, how do you let someone into your life and how careful do you have to be? And it's like Andrew said, like you're, you're pretty tense throughout the episode and you're waiting for something bad to happen. And it's kind of interesting that that thing you think is going to happen isn't really what happens. Um, But yeah, I think the other thing I really liked about this episode, it kind of reminded me one of the things that I thought was special about the game, which is that it wasn't afraid to just have quiet moments, which, you know, the show isn't afraid to do that either. It's not quite as unique in a TV show, but like in a video game, it's very unique because video games are just all about action all the time. So like having quiet moments where you're just, you know, exploring nature and and talking that doesn't happen. I mean, it's happening, starting to happen more, but, um, but yeah, that kind of just reminded me of that's one of the great things about the last of us. And I think they captured it well in this episode. People are calling this one of the greatest episodes of television in history. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't think these people have seen uh, a specific episode from the original night court series. Where they have <laughs> to get through like a hundred cases in one <laughs> night. And it's just zany characters after zany characters that. <laughs> quality entertainment <laughs> in uh so the next two episodes are are kind of grouped together and we get a little bit of a story uh told where we meet kathleen who uh, andrew you mentioned uh earlier and uh uh she's kind of uh the leader of this uh, group of people who are in in kansas city and and they were citizens who kind of overthrew uh Fedra, like the, the government organization that was kind of controlling everything where, you know, in Boston, you know, they had uh, Joel escape from them, whereas in, in Kansas City, like the people rose and kind of took over. Um, and in the flashback scene where they uh, were taking out the Fedra, Fedra agents, uh, very disturbing because they were uh, very brutal in, in killing these uh, soldiers in, in, in horrible ways. Um, but, uh, so Joel and Ellie end up having to take a a detour through Kansas city and they kind of get, uh, uh, ambushed and we see more of, uh, uh, Joel's um, brutal, uh, you know, uh, the way he can kill people without really even thinking of it. And we see more of that. Um, and this is also the first time where we see, uh, uh, Ellie do some damage because, Joel's getting choked out on the ground and, and Ellie comes out from her hiding place and shoots this young boy, um, in the back. And, uh, uh that's kind of the first time she, uh, uh, has really shown any kind of violence in the series. And, um, you know, that kind of starts, uh, her character in, in a little bit of a different way where, um, she seems to be, uh, more at ease of, you know, being able to defend herself and, and do what, uh, what needs to be done to, uh, survive. Um, but, uh, so like the, the whole story of, of Kathleen, uh, like she's in the game, I'm assuming. No, no, she's not in the game. That's like the, I'd say she's the biggest major character that is not in the game. Okay. But there is, a, isn't there a character that's kind of like her though? Like, is it, isn't it kind of like an amalgamation? Is that what you were talking about when you're talking about amalgamations? No. It, like the from what I remember, the Sam and Henry, you just you run into them and you join forces and try to escape uh, through the the tunnels. There's no the whole added element is why Henry is wanted 
and I'm pretty sure all that stuff is new. I if if I'm wrong, I will sweat profusely after the fact. <laughs> well, I'll take your word for it. I think you would probably know better than me. I think that's the strength. Like I actually think setting up this world for kind of like what Huck was or Sean was saying about episode three being self-contained. These two episodes have a nice self-contained arc relating to that character and Sam and Henry and their motivations. And I just think these two episodes were my favorite uh, in terms of adding to the game, making it feel more real and like making the world feel a bit more real. I really liked it. Although this is probably a good time to point out when I played the game and even during the show, I don't get Fedra, the fireflies, they're called hunters in the game. I think they call them like just other people who live out in the world. Like they're given names in the game for like different types of enemies that you fight. I never understood the motivations of Fedra and the fireflies in the game. And I got to be honest, I still don't by the end of the show. It, it feels kind of arbitrary to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's just, you know, the idea of like some government group coming in and trying to control a city and lock it down and protect people. But in doing so, they obviously go too far and, and start, you know, doing crazy things to enforce their laws. And then there's groups that are kind of underground resistance groups that are fighting back. But in the game, the fireflies, at least when I always played it, they felt like another set of enemies that you're worried about, right? Like they never felt like you're on their side where in the show, I get the sense like they're working together at some level uh, where, you know, that definitely changes by the end of season one and the end of the first game. But again, the, the actual, the world and the factions, not that it's that big a deal. I don't get it. I don't get what the end goal of the fireflies is. I, I was under the impression that it was kind of just like another faction of organization other than Fedra that didn't want to live under Fedra control. And basically they set up like a mutual, like, you know, an equivalent level of Fedra other places. And yeah, probably they clash every once in a while. That's like what Riley, uh, or is it Riley? Yeah. Like Riley uh, gets recruited from Fedra to the fireflies. Yeah. And they're kind of like battling each other, right? Like they're kind of like a, a, opposite ends like one is trying to oppress the other and the other one just wants to kind of do their own thing and have their own sort of like you know government type structure it's almost like what the kansas city like people did with kathleen except they didn't call themselves anything that i think they yeah, mentioned I, I guess yeah it's just another version of that the it, i i think it makes more sense in the show uh i like the whole i didn't love melanie linsky as kathleen i i, I like her in general i didn't really buy the the menacing leader idea, even as a, like, like a subversion type of casting, something felt off about it. Uh, but the whole, those two episodes I really liked and the climax, which is kind of taking some iconic set piece gameplay moments from the game and turning it into a nighttime scenario where all the hordes come out from underground and using the rifle to protect people. I thought the climax of episode five was fantastic, including the emotional moment where uh, Sam gets bitten and how uh, Ellie has to, to deal with that. I thought everything about these two episodes was better than the game. So Henry and Sam, they, they are in the game and they, uh, you kind of, you see, they go through the tunnels and does that also lead to, um, like 
like that set piece uh, is that in the game with all of the no it's the, ju- it's just you and them okay. together pretty much the same co- the same outcome happens where they get infected and uh henry has to kill his brother and like it it plays out similarly but the the surrounding elements are at a way higher level in the show okay i, and I totally forgot about that part for the game like i didn't i don't even remember that at all so it's been a long time i should go back and play cuz totally forgot does does henry like kill himself in the game like he does in the show i'm pretty sure okay um like i i really enjoyed um uh the henry and sam uh characters i i enjoyed how when sam got bit and then the next morning you know ellie woke up and because sam is deaf and their the their whole thing is not being able to see well but can hear well and she doesn't think that he's turned yet and she puts his uh, her hand on his shoulder and he turns and he starts attacking her and i thought that was uh, a really cool tense kind of a surprising like almost like a jump scare moment in the show but um i think it's the, worth noting sam isn't deaf in the game oh okay the 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 large like giant monster mushroom monster that comes out of the ground like uh first of all i thought the the effects on that looked really shitty like I thought it was really bad. Um and like I I legit laughed out loud because I, <laughs> yeah. I like it, it didn't make any sense to me that this giant thing like like was it just like uh like was it Andre the Giant like that got bit and then uh, yeah, he, he's just like thinking. a big dude? Yeah, it's just a big a big person that gets bit. Uh the the bloaters it's a convention for the game to have a, an enemy, but I think it might have been a better decision to cut the bloaters from the show. Yeah, they, uh, in the uh, in the making of, they talk about how they had just a big guy in a suit, like they had like a seven foot tall guy in a big bloater suit, and they wanted to do it practical. But then they said that he just the suit was so big and cumbersome that he couldn't really move very fast, and so they ended up taking out everything with that practical person and just did CG for the whole thing, and and and. Yes, it is faster and, you know, you can see, you know, bigger strengths of strength, uh, efforts of strength or whatever to like pick up guys and throw them around. But yeah, it really did not come across very well, for sure. And uh, you said that uh, the man that played Harry, he's the the voice actor for Tommy? In the game, yeah. In the game. And he looks a Uh, lot like Will Forte in the show. uh, Yes, he does. he got trounced by uh by the large bloater and then the uh um kathleen uh she was taken out by like uh a child um in in the show are there a lot of like like children mushroom creatures in the video game no that's a no-no that's a no-no in games can't kill kids oh okay all right that's like an ESRB M rating <laughs> for sure <laughs> yeah. right there. Oh, happen. okay. So they can't even portray. I don't uh, think so. Uh, Not, oh, okay. No. I wasn't even thinking uh, about it from that ESRB perspective, but even just, I thought the show would explore types of things that could get infected more when it's a game. There's a, a budget cost to creating a model for like, you have to reuse ideas. 
to make it feasible budget wise. But if you're just putting makeup on people, I thought they might explore, Hey, what, what are different versions of infected or different types of people who get infected in this world, which they do a bit in the beginning. Like it's an elderly woman is the first person you see that gets infected, which I wish they did more of that. Like, not elderly people getting affected, but uh, <laughs> exploring different. Ver- I don't think that's explored that much in zombie stuff, like different types of people being infected. I, I think the walking dead uh, was probably one of the first uh, to do that. Uh, like the, on the show, they, they did have child hmm. uh, zombies in the show, but I, I didn't like, I don't particularly like children to begin with, but like, uh, <laughs> like infected children are even worse and then like monster mushroom children are 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 kind of like the top of the list of things that i do not like so uh, i was rather terrified uh when that that it kind of like it also also had like super jumping ability and um which i didn't like either but uh it was good to see uh you know the the evil people get their get their comeuppance um in uh, in that episode and I, i like uh so like in uh, in the game like are you uh are you Joel like with the with the rifle like like shooting uh in in they're going through this whole scenario it's during the daytime okay and he approaches a sniper and it's a long drawn out sequence of fighting enemies getting to the sniper then you get to the sniper and they're making their way through the the yard when Fedra is oncoming in a tank and you're protecting them with the sniper rifle. It's actually really good. The other really good part of the game that I cannot believe they didn't rip off for the show is when Joel is upside down and firing it at zombies. I cannot believe they didn't recreate that moment in the show, which is one of the <laughs> best gameplay sequences in the game. So um, anybody else have anything to say about uh, episodes four and five with uh with with that self-contained story all right so uh like essentially the last four episodes are are three months after this has happened and and this all kind of takes place uh really close together it's kind of like the 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 final adventure to get to uh the end of the of the first season so um ellie and uh, joel encounter like these these cowboys out uh um as they're going through Wyoming and then they're, they're kind of taken to, uh, another, uh, like self-contained, um, village or whatever. And this is when he's reunited with, with Tommy. Um, is, is this, is this something from the game when they, they, they reconnect and they actually find each other? Yes. Okay. Kind of. Jackson, sort of. the, the sit, the places in the game. Okay. Well, it's, it, I don't think it is, right? The He reunites with Tommy at the dam, which is a facility, not where they actually meet in this one is the, a huge city that ends up being the location for the starting location for The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, so, okay. That's what I'm thinking. I'm confusing they, they those turn two. those two ideas into one, uh, which I think is a good choice. So, like, the... Um... The reunion is, is kind of nice, uh, but it, it doesn't last too long because, um, uh, Joel, um, in, does he have like health issues in the game? Because that was kind of a running thing that happens throughout the series, like with his hearing. And, uh, I, th- I think he might have like heart issues. I don't know if that's what they were portraying in the show or not. Uh, but he doesn't, the, none of that's in the game. No. And I think it's no. the worst part of the show. I don't, and they yeah, don't even I, really. If it, they don't really add anything to that, they kind of like imply something's going to happen and then nothing ever does. Yeah. Like there they was really no, like no payoff other than attack. like he's kind of like, 
I, I at the end of the the season, I don't know if it's a legit health concern or if he was just worried about Ellie. Like it, it, it I don't think they handle it well at all. No, yeah, I, it, I, I, it, go ahead, Sean. Well, I was just going to say the one thing that is kind of interesting about it is like in the video game, the fact Joel's a bit older, like most video game protagonists, you know, are like young muscular buff dudes like you know the idea that they made joel an older character was interesting for the game and i think they maybe are trying to remind people of that a bit during the show but i agree that i don't really understand what the actual implications were there yeah it feels yeah, like it's like, leading up to something in season two i guess or i don't know like they like he he spent like the first five episodes and however long that period of time was um to find his brother and then he really only sticks around for like a day or two and then he's kind of off again um i was kind of surprised that that kind of like happened so quickly um and it was in the middle of the season and uh i I guess that's just not where i thought it was going uh but how did you feel about pardon me so that's what happens in the game it's okay where they get reunited and then they get kind of he tries to get Tommy to take her and take her to the fireflies and uh, they get invaded. And then it all just kind of, she takes off and it blows up from there. Like she's upset that he, he wants to offer oh, okay. to Tommy and it, it, that's very similar to the game. So then they, they leave Tommy and they leave uh, the protection. They head off towards the fireflies and uh, that's when they, uh, we first uh, encounter this group of um raiders that uh where joel gets stabbed uh at, at the end of the episode and that uh then we kind of get uh, i think the the next episode is uh um the majority of it is is a self-contained um story about ellie and how she got to where uh, uh she was uh, where she was uh kind of i guess enlisted in in fedra with her friend riley and um you know, Riley switches over to the Fireflies and they kind of have one um, final evening uh, together of fun and they kind of go hang out in this mall. Um, now, I'm assuming that this is this is not in the game at all, uh, or it isn't is in the game like Ellie's backstory is. It is DLC. So it was downloadable content released oh, after God. the game. So it was a standalone episode that they did afterwards and i it's it's pretty solid i've played yeah. through a few times uh it's more story based than gameplay based when you do it in in the game but uh i thought it was a a good use of a standalone episode and i think for the most part it improved it over the game uh okay the order they go through the mall and the um the arcade game stuff in the in the game, it's like imagining if the arcade would work. I kind of like that they actually just play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, because I mean, I, I like if I was fourteen years old and I was uh, left alone in a in a like a rundown mall where shit was still working. I, I think that would be pretty fun, especially going uh, to the arcade. Um, this is when they used the, the Aha song, uh, which you mentioned earlier. Um, they also used the song that I was. Um, kind of blown away that uh, they used it like um uh Etta James uh did a uh what I thought was a little known cover of uh uh I got you babe like the 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 Sunny and Cher song and I, I thought the use of that song uh in this uh seemed uh 
was was really good. Um, and like like just that's, the, that is in the game as well. Really? Oh, then I, I think that's that's even better that they use I'm pretty, that. I'm pretty sure. And then they kind of uh, the, they they get into a bit of a fight because uh, Riley says that this is it. She's she's gone the next day. Um, uh, and then they encounter um, one of the mushroom creatures, and and they both get uh, bit. Um, and is that is that part of the 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 downloadable character as well? Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and well, you know, I mean, I got to know these things because I've I've never actually played the game. I'm I'm just I'm I'm really curious about how much they actually do take from the game into the show. I mean, I assume that they would take a lot of it because of how how well liked the the actual video game is. Um, so I don't know why they wouldn't use as much as they possibly could in, in the show. Um, so th- it's kind of like a little tragic, uh, story about how Ellie gets bit. And it's the, you know, um, um, later on, it's revealed that that's the first person that she actually killed was, you know, her, her best friend. Um, which is, you know, kind of a, a sad thing to have to do, especially if you're a, a, a child. Um, but uh, overall, um, this episode, uh, what did you guys think? Uh, Sean, what did you think about this episode? Yeah, it was another great kind of standalone episode. I mean, obviously, zombies and malls, always a great mix. Um, but yeah, I just I thought it was a fun episode. Gives you a bit of backstory to Ellie. And, you know, it, it was interesting because like some of these like one-off episodes, it might seem weird, like especially if you don't know the games, you'd be like, why are we, you know, why are we doing these flashbacks? Like we, we're just getting started on this show. Why are we and like, like you were saying, Huck, like why, why detour off so early? But, you know, part of it is really, I think they just, it's kind of, if you just look at the story of the game, it's kind of short. So I feel like they did have to pad things out a bit. And luckily they had some of these other things to pull from. And I think they work for the most part. So uh, yeah, I was a fan of this. Andrew. I liked it as well. Um, I think they did a good job of sort of like showing how the characters were kind of like they're at a or Ellie in particular and Riley are are at a weird age where they kind of remember what things were like before, but not really. So like a lot of this stuff that, you know, a lot of people would take for granted are like really special, like the carousel and the arcade. The escalator. The escalator exactly yeah perfect so i i thought it was really neat to showcase that i mean i think i think they had kind of already laid that out before this but i think it really helped to reinforce how um i guess isolated ellie would have been kind of leading up to this from all of the you know the modern day trappings that we live with and that the world would have had before the breakout and it was kind of neat to see her just kind of like be a kid and just enjoy these like simple things in life that everyone takes for granted. So I really like this episode. Again, I was like, something's going to happen. Something's around the corner, even though I had just recently played the, the we're going to, we're going to start calling it downloadable character too. That's, that's the best. We're going to, it's downloadable content. Oh, okay. Just right. for future <laughs> reference, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I had just recently played through this section. So I kind of knew what was going to happen, but um it was really like a fun callback. And again, it like even the set dressing in the show 
very closely matches what's in the game. So it's it's really like impressive how much like Frank was saying, if they basically just use the game as concept art, and I'm pretty sure that's what they did. They probably took concept art directly from the game and just put it into the set. I mean, the set designer, whoever was working for the TV show, didn't have to use much imagination to really come up with what the look of everything was going to be. They basically just, you know, had to produce the stuff to make it look like the game. But Which I, yeah, think I really ultimately to the detriment of the show. Yeah, I really liked I really liked this episode though. I thought it was really good. Also, and, and the, the mall was actually a real mall that was scheduled for demolition, so they were able to kind of just do whatever they wanted with it, which is kind of cool. In Canada, mostly there was an A and W in that food court. <laughs> Whoa! Oh yeah, are you pissed they didn't go and visit? And <laughs> yeah, <Minnesota? laughs> might as well go um, for a soda. Eh? <laughs> Andrew, you you mentioned that uh, you know like. Um, they kind of, you know, were able to do things that, you know, would have seen, would have been like insane for them to, you know, ride the escalator or play like a stand up video game. Um, you know, earlier on in, in the series, you know, you know, it's revealed that Ellie had never been in a car before. And like the idea of flying an airplane, flying in an airplane seems like magical. Like, you know, but like I have, I hired a, a seasonal employee, uh, uh, at my store uh, last year who had never used a, like a, a, a rotary phone before. And, you know, so it's, it's, it, when you kind of think about, um, you know, certain ages of people who, you know, never got to experience a lot of the stuff that we do, how crazy and, and, uh, you know, magical some of the stuff might be. So I kind of really enjoyed, uh, how they were able to explore the mall, which is, you know, I suppose something that we kind of do take speaking, for granted. Speaking of that, my wife hired some people that have never seen the original Top Gun, and she was shocked and appalled. <laughs> <laughs> like, the fact that, you know, some people have never been able to experience watching two guys play beach volleyball in jeans is is upsetting. It is, because totally. Probably the worst thing you could wear well, on mean, the beach. Let's be honest. They've probably seen the clips on YouTube of yeah. that, at least. That's true. <laughs> um, and then uh, that kind of uh, uh, leads uh, uh, into the next episode. So, like, um, six is episode six is kind of, you know, Joel gets stabbed. And then we get, like, his a little bit of his recovery in that episode seven, which is, like, the standalone mall episode. And then back into... Uh, eight, um, you know, Ellie has uh, sewn the the wound closed with a needle that she had found. Um, so she takes it upon herself to go out and try to find some food and actually shoots a deer, um, doesn't kill it. And when uh, she comes across the deer that she shot, we see two other people have stumbled across it uh, as well. Uh, at the time, I don't think we know that this is the same group uh that Joel had stabbed one of these people. I, I can't remember if they had established that or not. No, um, uh, they might have, um, but that kind of ties into that uh, the previous episode. Um, so she ends up trading the deer to get some penicillin uh, to to help Joel in his recovery, and they ended up just uh, tracking her back because they wanted to get revenge on Joel who had uh, uh, killed one of their people. Um, so then we get to um, a, a pretty uh, interesting episode with uh, this preacher named uh, David, who's uh, like who w- was the teacher before, but now he's kind of he's almost gone insane, and it's like he is 
kidnapped Ellie and it's revealed that he's been, uh, this is another self-contained commune of people. This is like the third or the fourth one that we've come across throughout the series. Uh, he's been feeding them like human people. And we see like uh, beheaded corpses that are hanging, like, like meat would hang in a meat locker. And uh, um, you know, he's, attracted to this 14 year old girl and kind of wants to start a family with her and, and kind of bring her into the fold. And he's clearly insane. And, and it's a, you know, Ellie gets the opportunity to, to fight back and escape. And, you know, she kills the guy with the cleaver. And uh, on the other side, Joel is taking out the, the people that have come to, to hunt him. And like, you know, he's becomes the hunter and these three guys with the guns, um, become the, the the people that he is now hunting it stabs one guy and and then tortures uh you know quite ruthlessly to find out where where ellie is and then kills these guys anyway and it all comes up uh with like uh this building being on fire and ellie's able to kill david um and escape with uh with joel at the end it's a lot of stuff happened in this episode a lot of violence um are are any of these uh, characters in the game at all this is almost exactly like the game oh this is almost exactly like yeah. the game okay this is and one this of those big twists yeah i the, guess what in the gameplay well i think this is why this part is better in the game um you it's your first time where you actually control ellie and okay. it, and it represents you know her coming of age being on her own taking care of Joel flipping the script a bit and you hunt like you, you hunt the deer. It's part of the gameplay. And all of that to me is way better in the game. And the religious cult aspect is not part of the, like they're creepy dudes, uh, but it doesn't establish the backstory with the, the, the dinners and the cannibalism. At least I don't remember it being that heavy handed. And I think it's better in the game. This one felt kind of goofy to me. The, um, I thought they were just effectively as creepy and the idea of whether or not you could not trust, trust or not trust them came across better in the game. I still liked the episode, but uh, I prefer the treatment in the game more than this. What do you think, Andrew? Yeah, I think, I think the same thing, the game, this is like, you know, one of the first times I remember where like, Oh, I'm not playing as the main character anymore. I'm playing as like the person I thought of as a second character a secondary character and now she has kind of become the primary character in the story and it it was also one of those times in the game where it kind of slows down and you kind of have to like you know hunt this deer for survival and stuff and and um and that uh, is pretty quick in the show it kind of just kind of it doesn't really have the levity i think that maybe they could have given it you know this is like a young girl now trying to take care of a man who's critically injured and has to hunt and find food. And, you know, I think they could have probably dragged it out a little longer to kind of add, add to the emotional impact of it. Um, but I, I like the episode. One thing I mentioned earlier, but uh, you know, the butcher guy, he was Joel, which we had mentioned before, but you could tell like, he just wishes he had a bigger role in the show. <laughs> <laughs> Troy when they Baker. killed him, he's got to be so pissed. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> like the well, I don't get to come back. Yeah. And, oh, I mean, and her coming and calling him buddy boy, like that was the best. <laughs> I mean, I it's thought like, Troy Baker was okay. Like I, I, yep. you know, I didn't think like, 
Yeah, I don't think he stuck out at all. Like, I think if you didn't know it was him, you wouldn't think anything other otherwise. Um, but yeah, one I thing, think one thing to mention before you go on, Sean, Troy Baker, uh, Greg, just, you know, is a very prolific voice actor in video games. He basically plays, I don't know, 90% of male characters in video games, <laughs> yeah. like in all big video games, he's everywhere. So okay. he's, he's just a very well-known personality in games. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with what you guys are saying and it kind of ties into the last episode for me too. Like, I think just this type, as we get to this point in the show, it, it's fine. It's good. But like, I think the game did do things better and I, and I, it was more impactful. It just like, I, I forgot that this was where you take over as Ellie, but I mean, obviously this is a turning point in both the game and the show where it's like, they're trying to show that Ellie is becoming affected by the violence. She's having to kill people. She's kind of, Joel was protecting her before and he was the one who had to brutally kill people and she was kind of separated from it. But now it, it, it's taking over her as well. And I just think in the game, because there's more time and because you're actually doing the killing, you know, like it, it kind of, you feel it a bit more. Yeah, like you, you really, um, you, you see a lot of rage in, in Ellie when she, uh, I mean, I, the second person she kills with a meat cleaver in the show and, and she's just repeatedly, uh, hacking David in the face I and mean, fully deserved all the cleaver shots. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, like it, um, um, it was the first time we've seen like, uh, like, Ellie just completely lose it. And when she finally gets outside, like she doesn't even recognize Joel when he, when he she doesn't even have any blood on her shirt, what, which was, I was kind of surprised. <laughs> I kind of expected her to have like, like the crimson mask because yeah, no of, of all the, yeah. the blood that would have been flying in there. But, uh, you know, Joel has to kind of shake her out of it before, you know, she realizes who he is. And you, you really get that, uh, sense of 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 terror and and like the survival instinct that kicked in uh for ellie in the episode um um i have as, to as say much- this is a good time like talking about how the the violence and her finally really having to commit extreme violence it's interesting how that played out for you because there is an aspect of the coming from the games where i kind of take the violence for granted in the show like it like I kill stuff the whole time I'm playing the game. Like it's what I do the entire game. It just doesn't mean that much to me. Uh, it trivializes the violence and for I carry that into the show. It, it, I, I don't start to separate. Oh, now these are real people uh, that are like living in committing terrible acts. I, it all just blends together, which probably makes the show much more enjoyable and not, not having that kind of stuff. Frank, are, are you able to uh, are you able to tell the difference between video games and real life? <laughs> Am, but not between video games and TV shows based on video. Games. Okay, right, okay. <laughs> I was going to say, unlike Frank, every time I killed in the game, I took it very seriously. It weighed on me, and I felt it. <laughs> Andrew, are you are you middle of the road in between those two? No, I'm I'm totally like who's the real monsters. <laughs> is it us playing the game? Is it the humans in the game or in the show? Or is it the monsters? Who is really the monsters in this world? We got to ask ourselves that. They're just polygons with hitboxes on them. That's all I see. It's <laughs> nothing. 
so we get to uh the finale episode um i was really surprised i think this is the shortest episode of the entire season it's only about 40 some odd minutes long and i was i was a little concerned um that it was going to wrap up uh too quickly and you know we see this uh often um um I've talked about a lot of times uh, on other episodes of, of TV junk when we do like the, 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 the Marvel shows on Disney plus where we get like, uh, episode after episode where they're, they're crafting this, this story. And then by the time they get to the finale, they have to wrap it up, um, like inside of an hour. And sometimes it, it feels really rushed. And I felt that, uh, this episode felt very rushed. Um, uh, the, the climax happened so quickly and it, it just went from, uh, like, like they finally get to, uh, where the fireflies are to, to get, um, Ellie to Marlene and, and, you know, try to take care of and, and save everybody. And like it, the episode just plays through this, the whole, uh, uh, like the whole experience and the whole adventure in this final episode so quickly i was like when it was over i was i was kind of stunned and I, I don't feel that i was um fulfilled as much as i wanted to be like did you did you feel the, the same that this was really a, a rushed ending yeah absolutely i mean it's it just like i said i really like the ending and i think the idea of you know having to make that choice where like, okay, Ellie can save humanity potentially, but it's going to kill her. And then Joel kind of selfishly deciding, well, fuck that. Then humanity's going to suffer and, and taking her back. Like you, you don't see that very often, you know, people sacrifice themselves for the greater good. And so uh, to me in that, in the game, that was surprising. And I, I would think watching it, in the show, it might be surprising, although it like, you just don't have a lot of time to sit with that decision. And, uh, and again, in the game, you are the one going through killing people to get back to Ellie. You have to pull the trigger to kill doctors that are like, not even, you know, combatants. And, uh, and I think that plays into how you feel about it too. Like you, you see that Joel has kind of crossed the line maybe. So I believe it's optional to kill the doctors uh no it's not no it's not <clears throat> no i so in the game you uh have to you sit there and you can hold the you hold the gun out you aim the gun but you can't do anything until you pull the trigger oh, okay because it's, I it's on you kill them every time <laughs> yeah no so like that's this is the big thing about the game is that at that ending scene you can sit there and almost contemplate your choice for as long as you want. Cause I've sat there to see, you know, in my video game analysis mode, how long can I sit here with this gun pointed at this doctor? And I sat there for like five minutes and nothing changed. I thought maybe something could, um, but you do have to actually make the choice as the player in the game. Whereas in this, I know I was upset as soon as they went to like the montage of killing where they start playing the music. I'm like, why not just speed it up then and just like rush it even faster? Like there was no tension at all of him trying to find 
Ellie. He basically is just like, okay, now I'm going to go into my killing montage and just wipe out this floor. No worry of getting, you know, killed or anything. I'm Superman saving the girl. And it really like took away from the emotions of this final climax for me. And even that scene with the doctors, like there's no hesitation at all. Whereas I think everyone who plays the game comes to that point and you're almost like shocked that you're going to have to blow away a doctor. And I would say everyone probably hesitates at that moment. I don't think, except Frank, <laughs> Frank immediately pulls that trigger. He's like, fuck this doctor. You're not saving anyone else. I'm pretty but sure the most other- time I played it, I hesitated from that from every point on. I'm like, yeah, let's, I, I thought you could ha- not kill the second. There's three doctors in the room. I thought you could avoid. Killing- yeah. I think you just had to kill the first one. Yeah. But I mean, that first decision you, well, you do that. have to make, and it's, it's a little, it's, it's kind of shocking because you're kind of questioning it as you're playing the game. Like, do I actually want to save humanity here or try to save humanity or do I save Ellie? And then, you know, you, you're kind of forced to make the decision, but you still are thinking about it while you're playing the game. Whereas in the show, it happens so quick. Like he basically just walks up and boom, you know, like obviously he's made his decision, but I don't know if the watchers or the, you know, the viewers have made their decision yet. And it's, I feel like it's a little rushed. There's no, sort of like a uh, mystery as to what he's going to choose. He just, you know, immediately chooses and goes with it. Well, so hot take Frankie killing doctors is coming in. And I liked the brevity <laughs> of the episode. <laughs> I liked the montage. I, I liked that it got to the point. Maybe I was getting a little, the episodes were a little long for me. And I, I felt like this is the point of this episode. He, he, this is what the show boils down to, or the game, I should say this. It ends on this lie and how like the moment is, does Ellie know that he's lying? Is she okay with it? It like leaves on this kind of interpretive moment of them, like where they're at in their relationship, trust, lack of trust, who knows? And I think like, let's just get to that point. And uh, I, I was, I was cool with how it played out. And I really like the flashing back to killing Marlene and the editing of this episode. I actually really enjoyed. Like he, he flat out murders everyone except for the two nurses. And then, and then, you know, waits for Marlene to drop her gun and then shoots her in the stomach and then just executes her with a bullet to the head. Um, And I, I think uh, for me, the way I took it, like, yes, Joel lies to Ellie at the end. Um, but I think throughout the series, um, she has become more, uh, aware. And I think she's more in tune of what's going on in, in Joel's mind. And, and I think she knows that he's lying to her. And I think you can see it in her face when she says, okay, when she flat out asks him. And again, he lies to her. Um, that's what I took from it. Um, I did enjoy how the episode ended. Uh, I'm assuming it's been picked up for a season two. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and maybe even a season three, who knows? But, uh, I, I, I did enjoy how it ended, but, uh, I would have liked a, a, a little more getting there. I, I think I didn't mind the non hesitation with shooting the doctor. I mean, he did pick up a scalpel and approach. Joel and those things are pretty sharp. So a bullet, a bullet to the head, I I thought was justified. 
but uh, I, I, I don't know. Like, I, I guess, uh, like, just the fact that they made the last episode, uh, which had, like, the most important, uh, you know, climax uh, 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 of an episode to be the shortest episode. I guess I was kind of surprised. Um, uh, but, uh, and it, it did feel rushed, but I did enjoy the ending. And I'm assuming that's how the game ends as well. There's a little bit more of like a escape sequence at the end where you're actually like trying to get out with Ellie. Whereas in the show, it's kind of like, I'm just going to take the elevator down to the basement and hop in this car. And like, that's it. You know, there's not much tension of you being chased or anything like that. So it's, it's a little less, less than the game, I would say. But the actual exchange of him lined, lined her and she asks, are you telling me the truth? And he gives the answer and she says, okay. And then it cuts to music. That is the exact same as the game. And that song is so good. <laughs> Ends on a banger. So good. <laughs> All right. So like, like final thoughts on, on the series, Frank. Uh, good show. Definitely won me over by the end. Um, haven't played last of us part two as much. So I, uh, might like the second season more and I hope they change up more stuff. I'm fine with that. I, th- I the more they change up, the more I like it. And I might play the last of us part one again when it releases on PC next week. <laughs> Sean, final thoughts. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, you know, few minor things here and there that weren't the best. I agree the finale was rushed, but I I'm very interested what they do. I think they said part, the game, the the last of us part two game will be adapted as two seasons, season two and three, and that they are going to go in some different directions. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a bit of a different game. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm real curious to see where they go with it. Andrew. I also liked it. I, I do think that it was that last episode was definitely rushed. I, I did like their kind of like tangent episodes where they fleshed out more of the stories. And I'm sure in season two, it'll, they'll probably give it the full like 24 episode treatment instead of the eight or whatever, the nine just to flesh it out and they'll ruin it, uh, like they do for so many other things. But, um, overall, I, I am looking forward to season two, though I think the content from the last of us game, the first game, is the strongest so i don't have as high of hopes for um the next the following seasons as this one but overall really enjoyed it yeah i'm the same i I enjoyed it uh as well um and uh i think i enjoyed um after doing this and talking about it with you guys i think i actually enjoyed the show a little bit more just because i i like when like shows have um you know content to adapt from and you know and they adapt it well uh you know i I mentioned the marvel shows before and and nothing annoys me more when they they have you know a hundred years of of content in these comic books and they change up shit for like the movies or the television shows when when they don't necessarily need to because i mean it has worked for a hundred years in 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 the pages you know so like this it can work 
um in television and film so like i I think i like the the fact that they they adapted a lot of this well and you know some some are winners and some are losers and in in what they adapted but overall i enjoyed it and i also learned what dlc means so there you go (laughs) now i would ask would would you play this game now has it made you want to play a video game a modern no No. No, i just i I don't have the the time or the patience i think to play anything what if there was a downloadable character and you could play last of us as cubert i i I don't know cubert or or what if you could play as the double dragon characters oh my god is there (laughs) is okay answer is there a big boss at the end of it Uh, there are bosses but yeah, you just watch the show. It's pretty much the same. So yeah. I think the, doc- uh, the doctor the, is the big the boss. Doctor, yeah, <laughs> he's pretty menacing with that knife, that scalpel. Um, do we give star ratings now or after the support? No, no, we'll, we'll do the star ratings right now. Frank, out of five, three and a half. Sean, I'm going to go four and a half. Andrew, I'm going to give it a four. Uh, I'm going to give it a, a pretty heavy four as well. Uh, yeah, like, uh, good show. And uh, I would recommend uh, people watching it. All right. It's time to hand out uh, our superlatives. Some people's favorite part of the podcast. Some people stress over it way too much. But uh, we like to have a little, little bit of fun. We'll start with our favorite uh, secondary character. Um, there's a lot of secondary characters to choose from. A lot of them only appear in one episode. Um but uh, Sean, we'll start with you. Uh, yeah, it was pretty easy for me. I went with Bill. I just, okay. you know, that episode is a great episode. And there's just, yeah, something about him and kind of his quiet way about things, but then having his life kind of shaken up and taking a risk. And uh, yeah, I really liked it. Uh, Frank? I also have Nick Offerman as Bill, despite the bad uh, wig and makeup in that episode. Wig, what are you talking? About? <laughs> uh, Andrew, I'm gonna say, um, Marlene, I really liked her performance, I thought it was great. I thought it, you know, it, she played that same character in the show or in the game, and I really liked it. Um, yeah, Marlene, um, my favorite secondary characters is it was a tie with, with uh, Marlon and Florence. Uh, Marlon and Florence were played by Graham Greene and elaine miles and they lived in the the cabin in the middle of nowhere um, i like them too <laughs> i thought that was one of my favorite scenes in the entire show um it was such a a drastic change in tone and i felt it was kind of needed uh it was really the only little bit of humor outside of the the book of dad jokes which i don't really count as humor um sean you're a dad did you find the jokes funny i love puns <laughs> And that, so is, that is also directly out of the game. There are oh, is it? Oh, okay. Hearing all of Ellie's jokes, uh, and it's as you're walking through the game at moments, she'll present you with like, hey, open up the book and tell a few jokes. And the comic book she finds is also a collectible. But I'm glad you brought up that scene. I thought it was really good as well. And that is not in the game. Oh, perfect. I mean, I think there's now we need Graham Greene to be in another version of the Last of Us game. Get that guy in there. It's a great actor. <laughs> Um, okay, well, let's go into our recasting choices, and uh, this time we'll start with Sean. This one was a little tricky. I I mean, my first thought, Troy Baker, recast him just because it would piss him off, but you know what? Uh, I have to be honest. I would say 
uh, Anna Torv as Tess. Nothing wrong with her performance, but there was something about the look of her. I felt like they really had to ugly her up in some way. It just something about it didn't sit right with me. So I am going with Linda Hamilton as Tess. <laughs> Good choice. Um, um, Andrew. So I didn't know we had to like pick a, another replacement actor or actress. Oh, okay. So That's I fine. didn't do that part, but mine was Ellie. Actually, I still was not totally sold by uh, Bella's. Is it, it's Bella, right? Bella Ramsey. Yeah. Bella Ramsey, I was yeah. not totally sold on her performance as Ellie. I thought she was a little older than I would have liked Ellie to be. So I would have liked to see someone a little younger. You know, maybe I guess I would throw in a young Dakota Fanning. Nice. What about Elliot Page? Like, isn't that who the character was originally based on? I guess you could say that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, Frank? Mine was Melanie Linsky. And not that I dislike her. I just, in the character in the show, I didn't think she was a great match. And I would, I apparently she was in Yellow Jackets, which I have not watched. Let's take someone else from that show. Let's get Juliette Lewis as Kathleen. Um, I would recast uh, uh, David, the rapist preacher cannibal. Um, uh, it's not great. I, I don't. I didn't think that uh, Scott Shepard really brought it. We need uh, something a little more evil and twisted. And uh, and I thought uh, Stephen Merchant from Hello Ladies would have been. <laughs> I thought. I thought for a second you were going to go Willem Dafoe oh. on that one. Uh, did I miss something? Did the gimmick change? Yeah, yeah I last mean, episode. Oh, okay, yeah. I missed the last. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's zigging show. instead of zagging. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, for the first uh, fourteen episodes, I think of the podcast, I recasted someone with Jim Parsons from Big Bang Theory, and it kind of became uh. a running gag. And last episode, <laughs> last episode uh, when we did uh, uh, Rings of Power, I switched to Stephen Merchant. Ah, okay. Now I now I'm in on the joke. Excellent. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh we'll go with our uh, top five moments in the show, good or bad. Uh Andrew, we'll start with you. Okay, what do I go five to one, I guess? Whatever all, you want. All at one go? Okay. Yeah. My number five was Ellie calling Troy Baker buddy boy a whole bunch of times. Uh my number four, which we actually the scene we didn't really talk about that much was uh Ashley Johnson's performance, I thought was actually excellent, which we didn't really talk on as Ellie's mom and the whole giving birth of the baby while fighting, uh, infected. And then, you know, the whole giving away the baby and just like the sacrifice she made, I thought was really a great scene. And I thought she did an excellent job. Uh, on that scene too, I don't think in the game there's ever an explanation for how Ellie is able to be infected and not uh turn but that's no. kind of an interesting explanation not, not to go too far down the road i don't get it and i still don't understand why she has to die to to use her infer like her blood or dna as a investigative measure it seems like you wouldn't want her to die you'd want to keep using oh. over and over again total total tangent i think they actually explained it better in the show than in the game so they explained that the cordyceps or whatever infect the brain so i think the idea was that they had to basically chop out a huge chunk of her brain or like you know dig really deep in there to get to the you know the root of the stuff that they could brew 
brew more of or whatever you would call it. Uh, I, I agree. Uh, the show did a better job than the game, but it's still, I'm not buying it <laughs> in either. Yeah. You'd think you'd be able to take like a tiny biopsy yeah. and then like, grow something from that. But there's lots of uh, skills in one little thing. We can figure things out. Like, let's get real here. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that scene with Ashley Johnson. I mean, I can't think uh, of a more inconvenient thing to do while you're killing a zombie yeah. than to push out a baby. Well, I mean, the the upside is like you're not really feeling the pain of pushing out the baby while you're doing That's it. True. So, like, also the baby's on the ground. You're like, hey, that was kind of worth it, I guess. Not, not, not because she got bit though, obviously. But uh, my number three was Bill's sick compound. I just love how he set this whole place up and like uh, the scene, <clears throat> the scene where he's like in the basement on the video cameras, and then he's basically like, I don't think so, buds. Like, you're not taking me. Like, that was awesome. Uh, Number two was the, you know, Henry's death scene. I thought that was pretty powerful. Uh, probably because I had completely forgot that that was in the game, but, um, I thought that was a pretty powerful scene. And, uh, number one, you know, game junk, you got to do it. Mortal Kombat two in the mall, obviously <laughs> with the, and the mall reveal in general. Um, that's my number one. Um, my top five, um, my number five would be the the opening credits music and the music choices in general throughout the show. Um, number four, the the awful CGI giant zombie mushroom monster, which made absolutely no sense to me. Uh, number three, Marlon and Florence scene. Number two, giraffes. And uh, number one, uh, like the the very end uh, of the series, Joel lying right to Ellie's fucking face uh, made me laugh so hard that that's how they ended the series. I loved it. Frank? Uh, number five, the intro with uh, Sarah, the daughter and her death. I still think that's really well done and a great start for the show and the game. Um, Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. Bella Ramsey definitely uh, grew on me through the course of the show. Uh, so I liked the the main duo. Number three, reimagining the Sam and Henry story and adding to it and creating the circumstances. I thought it was a much the best episode by far. Number two, real giraffe. Number one, the what? music. The music. The giraffe was not number one. No, the music is better than the giraffe. Unbelievable. <laughs> I, I would have put money on giraffe number one for you. Uh, yeah. Sean shocking uh my number five pedro and bella number four the mall just just paid pedro and bella yeah just i mean frank frank already said it i mean i think they're great great lead actors and uh great chemistry um yeah number four the mall i mean it's it's a cool broken down mall but there's just something about exploring a mall that's that's awesome uh number three the music number two the best episode of TV of all time, episode three. And number one, uh, you know, as much as I say I like the quiet moments, I gotta admit, the horde attack is kind of was kind of the peak of the show for me. That I mean that whole episode really, but somehow I think by not having zombies in it that much, when you do have them there, it it, it makes it that much better. One thing, well, um, did you guys I saw some people complaining about all of the swearing that Ellie does. Did you guys find it over the top or like a good amount or too little? How did you guys feel about the swearing? Cause I personally thought it was fine. And the, 
I had heard people saying that she swears all the time and I, I expected it to be like constant. I think it was from you, Frank, that told me. Yeah. And, and I found it, I, I found it a fine amount personally. I, I didn't have any excessive. issues with it. Frank, what'd you think? Yes. Excessive. You were fine with it? No, it was excessive. Oh, excessive. Is yeah. I thought, I thought the first couple episodes, it, it was a bit too much, but then, like I said, like I played when I went back and played the left behind DLC, I was like, well, nah, she actually swears quite a bit in the game. So it's kind of accurate. You know, whether it's obnoxious or not, it's accurate. So, well, you need to, Frank, you need to spend some time around some of the kids that hang around in Jackson Square. You hear a lot of, well, that's kind horrible, of the horrible language. I understand a perspective that, like, that's how people talk. I swear. But when I watch movies and TV, I don't like myself. I don't want to see myself reflected in these shows. Like I want my characters to <laughs> articulate themselves better than I. Um, all right. Uh, I, I think we did it. I think we, uh, we covered the show. We, uh, um, you know, talked a lot about the episodes compared it to the, the game. And I think we did the job. The, the union of the two podcasts was a success. So what's, uh, what's next for, well, if you're listening to this on the TV junk, uh, feed, you can go watch this on the Game Junk YouTube. Uh, if you want to look at our stupid faces, uh, and listen to the podcast again, you can absolutely go do that. Um, uh, but, uh, Sean, uh, um, what's, what's next for Film Junk? For Film Junk, uh, we are reviewing, uh, 65 starring Adam Driver. And then we'll be reviewing John Wick the week after that. I have no idea what 65 is. Uh, Adam Driver fights dinosaurs, basically. Pretty much The Last of Us in 65 million years. <laughs> Very similar. Oh, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, so uh, a time travel movie, I'm assuming? Not really. No? Takes place during the time of dinosaurs, but... Oh. Just okay. Another planet who lands on Earth in... Oh, I see. Okay. Um, and then, so, uh, other than this, uh, episode on, on game junk, what's the, what's the next one you guys are going to be doing? I don't know yet. We don't know. I mean, maybe, <laughs> maybe talking about the resident evil four remake, I would think. Oh yeah. Can you do a retrospective episode on double dragon? I'd consider it. You definitely. <laughs> All right, Sean, where can people find you on social media? Uh, filmjunk.com. Film junk on Twitter. That's pretty much it. Andrew, what about you? Do you want people to find you? Sure, they can find me. Frank tells them where I can be found anyways every show. So I'm uh, My Angry Commute on Twitter and also Equilibrium Sis in, is my company uh, Twitter. Nice. Um, follow this podcast, TV Junk Podcast. Follow Ball Junk Podcast. Follow me, uh, Gasman Lives on Twitter. Uh, Frank, uh, still not on social media? Correct. All right. Um, next episode, uh, we'll be doing Yellow Jackets. We'll probably get around to recording that uh, sometime in the next uh, couple of weeks. Uh, we'll get season one up uh, while people are enjoying season two. And then uh, we'll see after that. Probably we'll be doing The Mandalorian. Uh, that'll be uh, that's uh, a few episodes in now. And uh, it'll be our, our next uh, uh, Star Wars episode of, of TV Junk. So uh, thanks for listening. You can watch Mr. Rogers. You can watch Three Company. And you can turn on fame or the newlywed game or the Adam family. Say you can watch Barney Miller. And you can watch your MTV. 
you can watch till your eyes fall out of your head. That'll be okay with me. And you can watch.